Imagine if you could overhear private, unfiltered conversations between the world's most influential and inspirational women. Now you can. Welcome to Leadership Global, where you'll hear from inspiring leaders who will help you define your vision, grow your leadership, expand your influence, and increase your impact to leave a lasting legacy. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Lead Hership Global program this week. At Lead Hership Global, we feature inspiring connections with powerful women in business, politics, and entertainment that provide priceless guidance about the pivotal steps that push them in the direction of their purpose, their mission, and their dreams. Don't miss all the practical tools, resources, quick tips that you can use today to show up, speak up, and step up in your career and your personal life, stepping into your power. Learn more about this confidential, supportive, and global community on our website, leadhershipglobal.com. Now, let's dive into today's topic. You know, healthy leadership addresses human needs. It's personal. Healthy leadership is like a cultural magnet that attracts people to your team. And it's the cultural glue that makes them want to stay. If your team doesn't see healthy leadership, they're going to look for it somewhere else. And in this episode today with Julie Davis-Colin, she's going to help you, your team, and your business thrive by helping you become the kind of leader that people are searching for right now. Listen in as Julie explains how you can become the executive your team needs. Learn about what it takes to help high-performing teams feel supported and succeed in serving their clients, their colleagues, and their communities. Now, before we jump in, let me tell you just a minute about Julie Davis-Colin. She co-founded the L Group in 1999, and it's a leadership advisory dedicated to healthy growth for the leader, for the team, and for the business. Julie is a CEO advisor and a corporate health strategist. She applies a powerful combination of brain science, positive psychology, and perspective-changing insights to open up a whole new world of opportunity and effectiveness. Julie has co-authored eight books, including her most recent release, Healthy Leadership. And I have had the good fortune of reading the book, Healthy Leadership. I gotta tell you, it is a game changer. Julie, thank you so much for being a part of the Lead Hership Global podcast. Thank you for having me, Linda. I appreciate the time. Absolutely. So Julie, I have had the pleasure of knowing you for a while now, but mm -hmm. I'm not sure everyone knows about your journey. So tell us what's led you to have such passion for helping leaders create healthy cultures, high-performing teams, and become really impactful leaders. You know, it's interesting, full circle moments. If, if you ask me any time, even growing up, what I felt I was called to do, what would, it would be to help people find their God-given potential. And through the uh, years since 1999 at the L Group, our focus has been on giving tools to leaders, to businesses to help them perform their best. With this book, Healthy Leadership, we really feel like we've taken decades of work and pulled it together to really help the individual thrive 
and the business thrive and the leader thrive. So circling back to what I thought I was put on this planet to do is help people find their God-given potential. These tools really help tap into self-leadership and then leadership that people um, provide to others. So I kind of where my passion comes, it's, it is my DNA. I love that, Julie. Thank you. Now, you know, there's been a lot written around leadership and especially uh, the definition of healthy leadership. And so, Julie, I'm really interested in understanding how you define healthy leadership and what that really means. And healthy leadership to us is really an inside out job. It starts with getting yourself right, and then you can help get your team right. And it's really the focus on all parties or all shareholders thriving, helping the individual, the employee, the business. And then ultimately, it actually helps people's families, the community, and all of that. So that that basically that watermark that goes out really starts with the self and goes out. So we really focus healthy leadership on healthy growth for all parties. I love that. That's so simple. Healthy growth for all parties. But explain the connection between the principle of healthy leadership and the practice of healthy leadership. I think you just offered a really concise, clear, and easy to remember definition but help us understand the connection between the principles and practices of healthy leadership. So Linda, what you're alluding to is, is a model that we've created and it has both principles and practices in it. And we researched this area for years, actually pre-pandemic based on what we saw happening in the world. And there was a really interesting Gallup research going back even to 218 that started looking at differences in the way employees felt about work. They wanted a purpose. They wanted a coach, not a boss. They started to feel like it wasn't work-life, work-life balance, work-life integration. It was just life. And if you look at things like the acceleration of uh, work and life in the pandemic, you know, people can work at midnight, 2 a.m. I mean, you're, you're keeping pocket work with anything in your pocket. And some of these trends started really speaking strongly to us. And additionally, the use of strengths. You know, the research was very clear about um, coaching on strengths. Coaching on strengths gives you a 36% more improvement in uh, performance and coaching on weaknesses, 26% less. So we were compelled by this information pre-pandemic and we started putting together a model. Um, and I'd say putting together like it was a one-time thing. It was innumerable versions, but our model for healthy leadership really encompasses two major facets. And you were alluding to those the principles, which are kind of like your underlying operating system, things that people don't necessarily see. They're not necessarily always a behavior, could be a mindset or a perspective. And those are love, growth, and positivity. So think of them as your operating system and the behaviors that everyone sees, clarity, coaching, and connection. People can actually see you doing those. So we believe that those two facets together, all together create healthy leadership. The important part that many people have not focused on really is the principles. Um, a lot of MBAs and a lot of uh, management training happens in those uh, practices. You know, they practice how to coach and things like that, but um, not necessarily on the more human elements that were important before and we know are absolutely fundamental now. People want to be seen and heard. I believe people inherently are want to do their very best. There's research to show like they want to show up their best. And what we want to do is provide an environment and tools for a leader to help 
them show up that way themselves and for their employees. Yeah, I love that. I love the the simplicity of love, positivity, and growth. Now, I will say it's interesting because I don't think a lot of leaders think about their role in workplace as hinging on this idea of love. So can you explain to us a little bit about the definition of love, positivity, and growth as it pertains to healthy leadership principles? Absolutely. And it's interesting you say that, Linda, because um, I don't know, many women may do this, but I pop up in the middle of the night with thoughts. I've named some of our books that way. And this model initially had caring and not love. And I popped up one day and my husband is my business partner as well. The next morning I was like, I got it. It's love. It's not caring. It's love. The most important of all things, it's love. And we bounced that off a lot of people, CEOs, HR people. And some of the HR people were like, you can't talk about love in the workplace. And really, what is the definition of love? It's doing what's in the best interest of others. It's doing what's love in the workplace is doing what's in the best interest of others and thinking of other people before yourself, thinking of your team and then yourself second, serving them and showing up the way they need you to show up. That is, you know, it's like that human element that we have talked about that you kind of I alluded to. You know, there was a day when we all had to wear a certain suit and we all had to have a bow tie and I'd look in the in the mirror and think, that's not me. And I had to behave a certain way. Well, now we know there's beauty in the diversity. There's beauty in men and women and, and all different types of thinking and people working together. That's where the real beauty comes from. And in that, you know, it's very difficult to judge and dismiss someone once you know their story. So one of the tips in this area we say is, is be human, see the human. Allow people to see that you are not perfect, that you have made a mistake. Be quick to, you know, here's my learning. I'm sorry. I would do this differently. Let's do this differently next time. As a leader, it's really an important um, modeling to have, you know, saying I'm, I'm not perfect. But also then to take time and see each person, not for their job, but for who they are. And it really is amazing that once you know something about the person, your heart becomes more tender, your mind becomes more understanding. And so that being the human and seeing the human is just a beautiful combination of, of the beginning of a, a relationship where you can love and respect someone. And it's hard to not see someone when you already know their story. Um, you know, we think back to the Olympics or even to the tennis matches the other day when you learn of the American that went to the semifinals for the first time since 2008. And he actually spent 11 years spending five days a week in the junior tennis center, sleeping there. I mean, that just it just gives you a 3D perspective on someone and their journey and where they've come from. And it, I think it just allows us to have so much more of an appreciation for, you know, the challenges that people have gone through, that they've overcome, the skills and uh, the talents that they bring and, and the love that they bring to a situation as well. Absolutely. I love that. So, Julie, you talked about the healthy leadership principles being love, which we just explained, Mm -hmm. positivity and growth. And to implement them, you mentioned three C's, including clarity and coaching. So can you dive into the implementation aspects, that model of actually executing on healthy leadership principles a bit more? Sure. 
So um, in the actual, I go to the principles part, which is love, which we talked about, positivity and growth. I'm going to talk about some actions that are actually you can take in, in these two areas. So positivity is um, it is the way you think and the way you show up. And we all have about 30,000 to 50,000 thoughts a day. Some of us, you just don't even want to see inside this highway that we have. Um, and we know that the bad feels stronger than the good. And that's just how nature has made us. It's a protective mechanism. So we really have to be intentional with our thoughts, words, and actions. So a couple of things that can help one get through this would be first to use your own name uh, when you're thinking of something, when you're thinking, um, Julie, I'm not sure when you were coaching Tim, um, I, I don't, was that your best um, lead in there? How Julie this, Julie that, I, I use my name all the time, but what doing that does is it allows you to, in essence, coach yourself. It puts you in a third party perspective. So using your own name is very important. It's a time treasured technique. Additionally, doing it time travel. So you're thinking of all these things that could go awry and you similarly think, will this matter in five minutes, five days, five weeks, five months? Stepping back and breathing and taking a perspective. And, and these have we can make a huge change. Finally, I talked about all these thoughts we have in our head. And sadly, and this particularly is, is it seems to show up more in women, our self-thoughts are much less complimentary, if I might, than others might think of us. And the only person that is with us 100% of the time is ourself. So catching yourself and rewarding yourself when you do something good. And I have a little mechanism I call good job jewels. So whether I'm picking out a good piece of fruit at Whole Foods or I've done laundry or I just delivered a great presentation, at the end, I go, great job, Jules. And I uh, just tell myself that I did a good job. And I reward myself day in and day out for things that I want to reinforce. We know that reinforcement feels good and I'm the only one with me all day. So I definitely, I just reinforce that all day long. Be, I've actually come up with some more subtle ones. My family's happy. I have a medium one and then a little teeny one down here. And I will tell you why I came up with this little one. In March, I was diagnosed with breast cancer. And so it, I am great, everything. I'm very blessed. But I will tell you, I was required to be an excellent student of positivity. In fact, the first day, my, my surgeon said, I don't, you have one job, and to do something that brings you joy one hour a day. I was like, all right, this is a lady that's connected to me. And I really used all the tools we have in the book, including the three I just mentioned, um, for every little step. If I got an IV, good job, tools, good job. You know, I really focused on that, and it was very, very helpful. And I would couple that with growth, because growth then was, for me in this case, a very big journey. I am an individual like many of you out there who is a planner. If you have multiple people in your lives to make some things happen, you might plan. Well, I even started planning in third grade. In third grade, I decided not to drink coffee or smoke cigarettes. I had my whole life planned out. Well, when this little stumble block came in, in March, um, you know, I just had these thoughts that could go rabbit trail to rabbit trail all the way down the, the, the path. And what was interesting is my husband and I wrote this book together. So we push in content back and forth. And the day before an oncologist appointment, I read a new piece that my husband had put in. And it was about the three foot rule. And I was like, that's so interesting. And what that is, is 
you know, when a mountain climber or a, rocket, um, a rock climber is climbing up to the top of summit, he or she only looks three feet ahead at each juncture, just three feet, not to the whole top. And so I was like, that's a great point. You know, I really love that we have that in the book. Next day, go to an oncologist where I'm like, you know, he's the man that has all the answers. So I'm like, if this, then this, if this, he's like, Julie, first breathe, second, three foot rule. And he said, you cannot look more than three feet ahead on this. We go three feet ahead on this journey, then we'll take three feet more. And I was like, well, if that wasn't a sign two days in a row for Julie to have the three foot rule, but it really is a very key growth strategy um, for dealing with adversity. There are just too many permutations of, of things that could go awry and or good. And sometimes to live in the moment when you're getting through something difficult, that three feet rule is, or three foot rule is just, I found that very, very helpful. So we wrote this, then I, you know, was kind of in its draft form, then I had this experience. So let me tell you, as an individual, I have applied all of these. I've lived many of the positivity ones my whole life, but I can tell you that even in a personal situation where you need to employ your best personal leadership, show up as your best self to go through that, um, these techniques have, have really helped me. And I hope they're going to help a lot of other people. Uh, I love that, Julie. First off, let me just say that I am so glad to know that you are cancer-free and healthy yeah. and that you've moved past this, this yeah. crisis that you were diagnosed mm -hmm. with in March. So yeah. I, I just want to just personally say, I am so glad to know what an answered prayer to know that you are are Absolutely. healthy and happy and continue yeah. to be the strong leader that we all know you to be. Now, yeah. the other thing I just would love to note here is that, mm -hmm. you know, implementing the healthy leadership principles of love, positivity, and growth are just, they're easy, but they're also easy to remember. So it's clarity. And you use the idea of the three foot rule, so smart coaching. And there it's really self-coaching, even taking yeah. an objective third-party view of your actions by using your first name and third communication. And this is really all about self-communication. In this case, positive self-talk, really yeah. paying attention to what you're telling yourself and making sure that you're framing it in the very po most positive uh, light possible. So I love that. That yeah. makes the implementation of these principles much more tangible and much more actionable. So thank you for that. Absolutely. Now, as we think about these things, you're right. They are just as applicable to self-leadership mm -hmm. and to our personal lives as it is a corporate setting in our work life, our professional life. But tell us why this is important for businesses to really start understanding and breaking down this, this idea of healthy leadership, the principles and the actions associated with healthy leadership. Absolutely. Well, I mean, we all hear the news. Um, you know, we've heard the uh, unemployment rate varying. We've heard of people exiting. We've heard of quiet quitting. All of these things result from lack of engagement. People aren't connecting to or finding the purpose and the value in something or the growth in what they're doing. The worker today wants to grow. And, you know, if you think about us as a child, how many times does it take us to, what's the average amount of time it takes to learn to walk? You have any thoughts? I know that most people start walking right around two years. Isn't that right? right. And to get there, one or two. 
but they practice it as many times as is necessary. A child doesn't have like, you know, I'm going to try it 10 times and that's it. I'm never going to walk. If, if God willing, right. they're capable. They that's keep on trying. They keep on trying until they master it. And we see that in babies and children on all sorts of attributes. They just keep on trying until they master it. That growth does not, that need for growth does not go away. And that's very, it's very, very present in, in the worker of today. They want to grow. That's why coaching and being very clear about what you're um, going after and being connected to them is really important because all of those things help them grow. So today's worker wants to be focused on purpose. And we have a lot of different levels of purpose. There can be an organizational purpose, a team purpose, and then a really important role of the leader is to bridge the team purpose and my purpose. What is my purpose? Why do I get up every morning? What do I, why do I take up oxygen on this planet? What was I here to do? And help me bridge that. Once you connect into that, it's a totally different situation. I worked for many years for the American Heart Association's National Center, while my partner and my husband worked for a multitude of Fortune 500 companies. And so I was able to look at both companies through the same lens, my eyes. And it was amazing how much discretionary effort was employed in the nonprofit setting. Now, I will say we had better business practices than any of the companies he had, because the thought was we are using donor dollars and we must be as efficient and effective as possible while using those dollars. We are stewards of those dollars. So the, the business practices were stellar. But it tapped into something more. Every day, people wanted to get up. And at that time, the mission was the reduction of death and disability from cardiovascular diseases and stroke. And it was the desire of every person to put us out of business. And that sort of drive with purpose is what it invigorates every cell in you. And then it results in discretionary effort. You begin thinking about what you're doing um, at all times, when you're driving down the tollway, when you're lying in bed, it's not just a job, it becomes a piece of you and a very satisfying piece of you and you wanna grow to do that better. So the workplace today is, is never gonna go back to a command and control. It's never gonna go back to me just doing my job because you told me to. That was then and now is forever. I mean, the younger generation is majority of the workforce and they do not operate that way. And it's interesting because we, we meet with some people who don't want to change their perspective on that. And then others who are great students who say, I, I understand this. And if I actually apply it to myself, it makes sense. I, you know, we all wanted to learn to walk. It feels great to learn a new skill. It's great for your brain development. You know, it, novelty is one of the things that creates new connections. So I think that when we look at the workforce for as far forward as we can see, this is critical. We need the engagement of people. And also, if you look at it from an economic perspective, when people are so connected to the purpose, to their team and to each other, they don't want to leave. They don't want to go just because you offered me $10,000, $20,000 more here. I don't want to leave that. I'm my best friend here. We're all working toward this great cause. This feeling of connection to the people and the cause, it means more than money to people. And so we want, you know, companies to have a great experience and be effective and efficient. And we want the leaders and the employees to have that as well. And these tools help everyone do the get their very best from themselves and then from other people as well. Yeah, I love that. So, you know, 
I think that you have outlined such an important case study of why this is so important for businesses, especially in today's environment, working mm -hmm. environment. I feel like this is such a relevant book right now, um, such a relevant topic right now. But I have to ask, Julie, how mm -hmm. did you come up with this model and how does this make the book that you're now offering to people, Healthy Leadership, a little different from all the other leadership yeah. texts that are available right now? So one of the things, let me just say, we came up with this over a two-year period. And if you would see the office that I'm sitting in now, oh man, it had charts and models. And one of the things that we like to do is really distill things down into fundamental truths. And so we looked at, and we look at it from a human, a behavioral and a psychological perspective. So what are human needs that need to be met? Because once you meet human needs, then you're able to make things go forward. But, um, you know, if a person's thirsty and you give them 20 meals, that doesn't really satisfy them, right? The human need has to be centered first. So this was a synthesis of years of research, you know, research and application. And we we're very fortunate. Um, I lose track, but I guess we're in our 23rd year of working with companies as the L group. And we've been in all sorts of industries, energy, restaurant, um, copper, I mean, everyone imaginable. And we've had a first row seat to phenomenal CEOs, phenomenal leaders to learn from. And so this is really a combination of our observations, coaching and interaction and research and bringing that together. So it was an intentional use of science and practitioner uh, insight to put this together. And the key that I think makes it different is it's whole. It is behavioral practices like coaching and making sure you're connected and clarifying how you communicate. But again, I think the real difference, if I had to say, lies in the principles, in love, positivity, and growth. And we know from research that wasn't available a long time ago, how important those are, um, even in a business setting, how when we have positive thoughts, it broadens and builds our ability to actually come up with solutions what company doesn't want that? Um, you know, if we live in fear, then we're, we're boxing ourselves in and we'll come up with a very small amount of, of solutions. So we've melded together. I feel like if I might, for us, this is our life work. This is a melding together of all that we have done um, and put it together in, in a very operational way in that even though there are principles, there are action steps in growth, positivity and love that help you just make those connections and go forward. So I would I would just underline that that operating system of, you know, love, positivity and growth are really key differentiators that you don't find in every leadership model as you go forward. Absolutely. As I said early in our discussion, you don't often hear the word love mm -hmm. used in a business context as a principle of healthy leadership. So I love mm -hmm. that we broke that down and really explained the power of that concept, even in the workplace. So thank Absolutely. you so much. Absolutely. All right, Julie, I feel like our entire conversation has been jam-packed full of incredible leadership advice but if you had to share with our audience one piece of leadership advice that you've received that has really made a difference in your life that you'd like to share with our audience, what would that be? And it actually kind of goes with clarity and its focus. I talked about how many thoughts people have. And I, there are three members of our five member family who are idea people. 
And literally, I could give you another idea every second. And one of my best bosses helped me think about and focus on and research the importance of focus. It's great to have all of those thoughts. And it can give you a phenomenal chest from which to pull your gems. But once you pick those, really focusing your effort is really the only way to succeed. And um, it would have been easy had I not received that advice to have been, you know, charging forward full blast on five initiatives at once that might have been totally independent. But I really learned the power of focus in our first book, which was called Sticking to It. It really focused. It's it, one of the elements is focus, uh, focus, cap, competence, and passion. But without focus, um, I have yet to see people be able to succeed. And I know personally that I need to refine my focus in order to be successful. So I would go back to clarity and focus for me. Oh, so smart. I love that. Clarity and focus, because you're right. Generating ideas is an important first step, but mm -hmm. actually executing on those ideas is where you see the fruit of those ideas come to life. Absolutely. So Without execution, they are just ideas. Yep. I love that, Julie. Well, again, I have to, one, thank you very sincerely for sharing your wisdom, your insight, your expertise with our audience. And I also want to personally thank you, Julie, for uh, being steadfast during your health scare earlier this year, having yes. such faith and using that as a tool, a teaching tool for all of us now. What an incredible, incredible testament to your own leadership that you were able to transform that really scary time into a really positive life lesson that you can share with all of us now. So thank you. Thank you for that. And thank you for the amazing book, Healthy Leadership. This is an incredible, incredible book. And I uh, sincerely recommend this for anyone who's interested in up-leveling their leadership, especially if you work in a dynamic team or a matrix organization, this is absolutely one of the most profound books, one of the easiest, simplest, and most powerful books that you can read on healthy leadership. So Julie, thank you so much for your time today. Thank you, Linda, I appreciate it. Thanks so much. Thank you for joining Leadership Global's award-winning podcast. As a member of Leadership Global, you have the opportunity to meet inspirational leaders, create lifelong friendships, and be surrounded by others who are invested in your success. Join our global community of inspiring women in leadership, women who will help you create greater levels of impact, support your personal and professional breakthroughs, and help you accelerate your success. Don't miss out on the opportunity to show up, speak up, and step up in your professional and your personal life. Find out how you can join us at leadhershipglobal.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.